Steelers need an attitude adjustment. They probably need to change their culture. That locker room thinks winning is its main priority, but it's not. Mindless stupidity and having fun. That's their number one priority. Touchdown, Sellies. Where's my money? And I guarantee we beat New England. Maybe all that chaos finally added up yesterday. Well, if you want to get their attention, shoot a hostage. Vince Williams is a bum whose legs don't move as fast as his big yapper. Vince was roadkill yesterday. Fournette was all up in his guts. Mike Mitchell was outside the Jacksonville locker room talking smack uh, before the game, saying, y'all gonna know my name. Heisenberg, he's not. Mitchell ain't been worth a load of crap all year, and he got pancaked by that big block yesterday. Dump those two. Bince and Mitchell. You know who can play inside backer and safety instead? Somebody else. You never see New England with all the distraction and all the dumbness. That's why they're going to win the Super Bowl. Again, the Steelers don't have that discipline and focus. Ditch, Bince, and Mitch. Set an example. Fun time is over. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1958. Uh, Lev Bell was a pain in the balls too. But he's Lev Bell. He's worth it. Williams and Mitchell are not. (laughs) Bince. Because he's a killer B. B is for backup, not killer B when it comes to Vince Williams. What a clown act that guy is. The time to talk crap is after you win. Here's a gem from A.J. Boye of Dem Jags uh, after the game, after Jacksonville won. Boye said about Mike Mitchell, quote, he doesn't really do much over there, I guess, except for talk. So he said we're going to know his name. I still don't remember his name. I know it's Mike something. He'll be watching us next week, unquote. If the Steelers don't do anything to adjust the attitude and culture, you can expect more of the same in big games, and you will know that the Steelers just like things the way they are, and if they lose, so be it. Uh, The Steelers should get rid of Joey Porter, too. You don't need one of your position coaches to cause as much turmoil as he does running onto the field during altercations, uh, causing unpleasant scenes in high school football games. But Joey Porter, who's supposed to be this big, tough badass, when James Harrison fell asleep and was snoring during a position meeting presided over by Joey Porter, well, JPZ didn't have the guts to call Harrison out. Porter's just a glorified mascot. Get rid of that guy. Right now, Juju Smith-Schuster is this fun kid with a great attitude, right? You watch. That locker room is going to turn Juju into a douchebag. Guaranteed. Uh, It's tough to do today, but I got to jam in some Penn's talk. The bye week really seems to have given the Penn some energy, and Jari played well in Matt Murray's absence due to a family matter. I spoke earlier about how the Stars are running amok. But everything about Depends is better. 
They're playing 200 feet. They're precise coming out of the back. And they're much better in the neutral zone. I know people are going to want to talk about Andrew McCutcheon being traded, which happened uh, moments ago. He went to San Francisco. We still don't know yet what for. But what's there to say about the Pirates trading McCutcheon? Oh, we're mad because they don't spend money. Well, you should have been mad about that literally years ago. Because even when they were decent, they weren't spending enough. Not enough to get the team over the top as it had a legitimate chance to do. Oh, they're going to stink this coming year. Uh, Let me tell you something. If they would have kept Cole and McCutcheon, they still would have stunk this coming year. And then you're going to debate the rebuilding in the future. I don't give a flying fornication about the Pirates rebuilding or the future. All right? They had 20 crap years. They had three okay years. Only okay. They didn't win a playoff series. And now you want to talk about their future? Talk about it somewhere else. Talk about it with the Shills and Stooges on the B team who say this is the right thing to do. Let me know when winning, trying to win, spending money, adding payroll, not decreasing, let me know when that's the right thing to do because that's when I'll be interested again. Let's go to David and Ligonier. David, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Thanks for taking my call, Mark. Right. Uh, I think that uh, I think talent kept him in the game. I mean, you, I mean, A.B., Ben, Martavis, Bryant, I mean, that's, that's nothing to do with coaching. If it wasn't for that talent, uh, the Jags would have, I think, tore us up even worse. Well, the, the result of the game was never in doubt. The Steelers never led. It was never tied after Jacksonville scored to go ahead 7 nothing. Um. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers do have talent, but but like I said to open the show, this group of players will never win a Super Bowl. I guarantee that. I guarantee that this group of players will never win a, St- a Super Bowl. Uh, outside of Ben, that's not how they're wired. This group is mostly wired to put their individuality and their mindless stupidity ahead of winning as a team. And what makes the problem unsolvable, David, is that they're too dumb to realize that. I'm talking about the players. But you know what? The organization, too, with the Steelers, historically, their biggest problem has always been that they don't realize there's a problem. That's how it's always been with your Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's go now to uh, Ray in Cleveland. Ray, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What's up, Mr. Madden? How you doing, Terrific. Uh, I'm, I just saw the wire and I was listening to your show about McCutcheon leaving to go to San Francisco. And my only reaction to it is I'm tired of this. I'm oh yeah. No kidding. Can you, can you put a new perspective on it? But I've been a fan. I'm yeah. Nobody cares. I'm, Goodbye. They traded cuts. They traded Cole. They're going to trade Jay. Hey, they stink. They're going to stink. They're going to steal your money. They always have done. What other perspective is there besides that? I'm not interested in you people calling and whining and crying. If you didn't see this coming, you're stupid. If you keep going, you're stupid. I'm not passionate enough to organize a boycott. I still sometimes go myself. But it's always been about maximizing profit for Bob Nutting. Here's what should have happened. When they had that team in 2015, they should have kept Hap. They should have talked Burnett in the pitcher one more year. They should have kept Walker, and they should have added to that team. They should have added payroll and got that team over the top for, I would say, through 
cuts his contract through this year. And after that, get rid of everybody, slash payroll to the bare minimum. That's how teams exercise the concept of build it up and tear it down. They maximize their window. They spend when it's prudent to spend. But the Pirates are never, ever going to spend. In the middle of the window, 2015, that 98-win team, no matter what potential was there moving forward, and for that team, boy, there was a lot of potential. Because then you have these guys coming up from the minors to augment a great team you already have. If not to start, then to give it depth. They had a great team in 2015. It could have been maintained very easily for two, three, four more years. And Nutting decided he had spent enough and just chopped payroll badly. Right then and there, came to the next season with a fraction of the great pitching staff he had the year before. And I would hope you know the rest. Let's go to Patience in Green Tree. Patience, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. I uh, got a feel for, like, uh, Antonio Brown, Bell, and uh, Roethlisberger. It, does, it seems like no matter how great they do, they're in a... Uh, well, I, I don't feel bad for Brown and Bell, even though Brown had a great game yesterday, because Brown and Bell are part of the culture problem. I agree. I'm just saying in response to the, the lack of... Uh, uh, skill we got in the secondary and, and it, it says something when your linebackers set a team record we're always uh, going into drafts saying we need a draft on the defensive line with high picks well finally your uh, your defensive line sets a team record and that still doesn't allow um, the secondary to perform I get you bro time. but the defensive line was terrible yesterday I love Cam Hayward there are very few Steelers I have more respect for than him two at two they were both absolutely invisible Sutton play? Did Kim Sutton get uh, in for Artie Burns at all? Any in-game adjustments? He was in some. I mean, uh, are you suggesting Artie should have been pulled for Cam Sutton? They couldn't have been any worse with Cam out there. I mean, he did play. Yeah, but Artie's, Artie's up and down. And he had some real bad moments yesterday. I would have stuck with Artie. They did, and maybe to their detriment, but I would have stuck with Artie Burns as well. In 15 seconds, I'm going to talk about... Uh, well, yet another Steeler mistake I've not brought up. Uh, when it rains, it pours. Uh, Going to talk about an interesting viewpoint by Mike Pursuit of DVE about a shortcoming with that Steeler offense. We think it's great, but Pursuit made a great point today about uh, a weakness that I didn't see and maybe you haven't either. And then at the bottom of the hour, we talk hockey with the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan, big fan. Hey, yo. Well, I'm not sure. It's just big and it's soft and I use a bunch of pillows and I snore. The X at 105.9. On that pitch five yards deep in the backfield on fourth and one for the Steelers, they got stuffed. Jacksonville initially had ten men on the field but called timeout before the snap got off. Brady would have got that playoff with 10 men on the field for the other team. Ben and the Steelers did not. 412-333-9939, the number to call. If you're just tuning in, the Pirates have traded Andrew McCutcheon to San Francisco. Details to follow. As I just tweeted, if you're mad, you should have been mad at this organization long ago. If you think they're going to stink, last year they stunk. They won 75 games with Kutch and Cole. Outrage implies surprise. 
And if you're surprised by what's going on with your Pittsburgh Pirates, you're an absolute nimrod. A Mike Pursuit of DV had a tweet about the Steelers' offense, which makes a lot of sense. Offense comprised of all pro types capable of spectacular acts, but can't gain a yard when it has to. Approach too high risk too often. And that is right on the money. And maybe that's where they need a James Conner type back more than a Le'Veon Bell type back. Just saying. Now, I said James Conner type because I don't see him as a starter. Bring back the bus. Uh, I just wonder why Bell couldn't run behind Knicks on a few of those short yardage plays yesterday. Uh, Blake Bortles didn't lose the game like we all assumed he would if necessary. He converted on 8 of 14 third downs. And the Steelers, and this just gets back to that Steelers arrogant attitude where they beat their chest and do me, me, me over everything. They were beating their chest a week ago, setting a team record with 56 sacks in the season, taking a picture of the defensive unit, all kinds of tweets, all kinds of Instagram. The Steelers had zero sacks yesterday. None, zip, nada, zilch. Let's go to Phil in the car. Phil, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, I just want to uh, play off what Prezuda said, and I think you're right. You can't win a championship on splash plays. I'm happy we have Ben. I'm happy we have AB. I'm happy we can do it. But you got to grind it out, and you got to play football. What do you? Well, think? no, no, you don't got to grind it out, but you have to have the ability on your offense to pound the ball for a yard when the situation calls for it. And I'm not sure they have that ability. Bell's not that kind of back. I agree. I'm I beginning to seriously know. doubt the value of Le'Veon Bell to this team. And that doesn't mean he didn't have a great season. That doesn't mean he's not all pro. Doesn't mean he's not worth the money he's getting. But look at yesterday. You fall behind by a couple scores, Bell becomes a lot less relevant to the offense. And then when it came time to pound the ball, they didn't trust him to do it. I really do wonder about his value to that Steelers offense. Let's go to Dave in the car. Dave, you're on with Double M. What's up, Mark? Just a quick question. What do you think of all this Le'Veon Wednesday nonsense every time he brings it out and overlooks an opponent? Why has he always got to do that? What, what do you mean? What, what do you do? You mean when he was talking about he might sit out next year or retire if he gets franchised again? Uh, no, just like Wednesday, like overlooking the Jags. Like we got a Wednesday today, and then we had one next week talking about the Patriots. Oh, no, he was like, yeah, it was something didn't make sense to me. Like we got one second round this week, then another second round next week. I, I didn't understand it, but then... I've heard Lev rap. I don't understand him almost any time he opens his mouth. But uh, it, it's it's a it's a bad culture. It's a culture of punks. They run their yaps and then they don't deliver when the money's on the table. I, I keep saying, and I I can't emphasize this enough. And if it makes you mad, if it makes everybody listening mad, I'm glad because you need to know this group of players will never win a Super Bowl ever. They probably won't ever get there. They sure haven't yet. Even their good players, with Ben, the guy with two rings, being an exception. They think they prioritize winning. They don't. They just want to have fun. They want to do goofy stuff. They want to talk smack. They want to live the life without paying the price. 
Whereas the New England Patriots, they show up for work. The Jacksonville Jaguars show up for work. And all the chaos that went on with the Steelers all year, it added up yesterday. And it was a big part of them losing. Up next, it's Hockey Talk with the Hall of Famer, the great Mike Lang, coming at you next on 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double M, what's going on? He's a gangster. Yes, I need your advice, super genius. You're an ass, you're an ass, you're an ass. The X at 105.9. The Penguins starting to heat up. Joining me now to discuss, he is the voice of Pittsburgh hockey. Always a pleasure to talk to the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang. Uh, Mike, the Penguins have won four in a row, two since they came back from their little break. The bye week seemed to energize them, didn't it? I think they were energized a little bit before that. Uh, they're starting to find their uh, so-called mojo right now, and uh, they're playing some pretty good hockey. So they got to carry over, and uh, we've all been kind of waiting. You know, I mean, it's been an up-and-down year where they've gone through these stretches before, uh, played a good game or two, and then they kind of fell back a little bit. But the last couple have been... Uh, pretty consistent so uh, from that standpoint it's some maybe positive things to look forward to in the second half well Crosby Malkin and Kessel have 27 points total in these four wins Mike and isn't it funny how many problems solve themselves <coughs> when the stars start to produce yeah it does uh, but there's another factor too Mark uh, you know I, I really believe that they've kind of settled down the backside now a little bit with Justin Schultz coming back I think it's a big fig- figure back there uh, and giving the Penguins a couple of sets of defensemen to kind of uh, keep intact. And uh, I think that's had something to do with it. I think their uh, their ability to chase and pursue the puck has been stronger from all standpoints, from all four lines, uh, when they've been, been able to employ them. So uh, the big boys have come to play some hockey. There's no question. They're, they're among the elite in the NHL. There's no question about it. When they're going, uh, you got a good chance to maybe win a game. And their goaltending's been pretty steady. That's good. Tristan Jari really, very quietly, has uh, played extremely well. I mean, he's had one game where he was pulled, but other ones, he's given up one, two, one, two goals. I mean, a game, and he's been very good. So he's been very solid as a backup, and Matt Murray looks as though he's going to be back quick. So uh, that, those are good signs. As you mentioned, Murray currently not with the team due to a, a no, family matter. The team, actually, as a matter of fact, I think he's going to fly to uh, to the West Coast. So uh, there may be, you know, maybe in the in the uh, lineup maybe quicker than we all think. Well, that that's certainly good news. Hopefully that situation has uh, solved itself in a favorable manner. But let's stick with Jari because I agree, Mike. I think he's uh, been good pretty much every time called upon, and in particular this past weekend, games on back-to-back days. I, I thought it was two of his better performances, didn't you? Yeah, I think he's uh, he's getting more confidence, and he's, you know, he's playing on a higher level now. And uh, I do think he was in the right place when he was down at Wilkes-Barre, and uh, you know, the necessity was uh, brought about by uh, the play of uh, Niemi early, and so they, they moved it up, uh, moved the timetable up a little bit. Uh, when you're down there and you're playing with a pretty good hockey club, it doesn't hurt your confidence and ability to become uh, a real good professional. But he's taken it and, and run with it, and he's come in here, and I think he's going to be a solid backup for them uh, during the course of this campaign. And should they get to the playoffs, uh, you know, I mean, we've seen it before. <laughs> I mean, Matt Murray certainly is the guy that Mike Sullivan leans on, but uh, the two-goaltender system for the Penguins last year was uh, an eye-opener to me, and, and I'm not going to be surprised if uh, you get in the playoffs, we start seeing some teams not playing their 
their number one guy con- uh, continually. And, and just from a standpoint, for the most part, they probably have played 65, 70 games, uh, most of these teams, uh, during the course of the year. So you've got to gotta pace it a little bit. And it's uh, it's hectic, and it's a, a pretty tough schedule. So we'll see if that trend transcends. But uh, I think the Penguin goaltending is probably the least of their worries right now. I agree. Uh, Mike, I want to get back to the stars for just one second. Mike Sullivan likes to use Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel on different lines and has attempted to do that recently. Uh, I think it's a great idea, but you think Sully has the personnel, uh, uh, complementary personnel, to be able to do that? Well, he's got so many options. I mean, Mark, let's be fair. I mean, he can make so many decisions in a quick period of time. And the one thing that he has done uh, over the first two years in his uh, – tenure here is he has moved people around consistently so this is nothing new for the players and that's one big strong point because they're not surprised you know i mean you get tapped on the shoulder uh geez i can't believe you maybe go out with so-and-so and i never you know that's not happening here it doesn't happen here uh because he continually does it i mean he did it throughout the game even last night uh playing against the rangers he put new units out so you've got to be right on your game and you've got to pay attention and uh, that, that's just all part of the process of what he works with. I, uh, I think we've seen it more than we've not, Mark, during the course of his career here uh, for Mike Sullivan, of changing people up continually during the course of a game. So it isn't anything that's a surprise to me. Jay Gensel, I think, will ultimately go back to wing Mike, but he's done a pretty good job at center so far, hasn't he? Yeah, he's hung in there. I mean, he's. Uh, it's funny, but it, it, it looks as though they, they probably were the uh, – uh, the right decision uh, to, to maybe keep him on the wings because he's, uh, I don't know if it's, a, uh, I don't think it's lack of size I, 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 at all as far as playing center for him. Uh, I'm not quite sure why it hasn't fit, and that was his natural position, obviously, uh, in college and and uh, growing up as a kid. But it just seems that uh, for some reason, with the, the upgrade and the, uh, the personnel, that he seems to fit better as a winger, uh, at least at this part of his career. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's played poorly, but I do think that he's. It, it's been a different thing for him than what he's been accustomed to, really, uh, playing here. And they put him a lot at, you know, center and wing down at Wilkesbury when he was playing there. And uh, but the, the way he was scoring goals, uh, you know, centers are guys. There are very few centers. I mean, Mario would be one of the uh, the rare ones, and, and others that uh, really fill the net. I mean, a lot of big wingers are the guys that get the accolades, but. Uh, you know, I, I think he's going to be a goal scorer. I think he's a really good goal scorer, and that's where you want to get him to get your most production, I guess. We're talking to Mike Lang, the Hall of Famer. He's brought to you by Coors Light. Uh, Mike, big win over the Rangers last night, and the Penguins went to the net hard against Henrik Lundqvist, which uh, I think is the way to play against the King. And for that matter, the Penguins have really been driving the net quite a bit on a consistent basis, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They've kind of upgraded their game, and they've kept that as I mentioned, coming from the back end and keeping the play in the other team's end, and it creates a lot of problems for uh, people. Uh, you know, I, I got to give Henry Lundqvist a lot of credit last night. He kept him in that game. He was he was outstanding, and uh, I kind of feel for him because he's uh, he's going to be battered and beaten today, and he was up and down more than a yo-yo, really, in that game, uh, and there's just there was nowhere to go, and the Penguins just, uh, you know, smothered him. They were the you know, the bees around the hive, and they just kept it up for the whole game, and eventually it wears them down. And so that's if they're going to play their game and, and consider, to, you know, taking a third championship in as many years, 
that's the way they're going to have to play, and it's not easy. It's hard to do uh, for a long time and uh, during the course of 60 minutes, and uh, they've been able to do it here recently. Dominique Simone got his first NHL goal last <laughs> night. Mike, it strikes me, you've seen a whole lot of guys, made the call on a whole lot of guys getting their first NHL goal. Uh, a, a lot of great moments, and I bet it's special for you when it happens, too. Sure it is. I mean, that's what we all kind of live for, the young kids. Uh, that come along, and every player on that hockey team, uh, you know, that uh, that he's playing with has had that similar experience, uh, you know, to be able to score his first goal. And they know what it's like, and they know the the, the, the exhilaration that you get from it, and what's going to come from it. I mean, you're going to call your mom, you're going to call your dad, you're going to get the puck, you're going. I mean, all the things that go with it, and it makes it it, it makes it humorous, but also makes it very warming to those guys because they all went through the same thing. You know, where are you going to keep it? Did you get it? Did they, you know, and so it just creates a great story. And uh, that's why the, the the young infusion of of the youth into this lineup, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, over the last two years, it's been the key, I think, for the Penguins' success. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes uh, the Dominic, you know, the King of Czecho uh, Republic, and uh, some others kind of filtering their way in, Tristan Jari and others, and all of a sudden, there are the young guys again, and everybody kind of moving and kind of helping support them, and uh, it makes the locker room really, really, really strong. Uh, Mike, what's your take on Jamie Alexiak so far? Uh, I like his size. I like his burst. He's aggressive. Um, I didn't know much about him before he got to Pittsburgh, but I think he's done okay. How about you? Yeah, I got to be fair. I don't. I don't know a whole lot about him because he played in the West for one, uh, and I didn't get uh, a chance to, ever to see him play in the junior hockey. Uh, but you know, I, I at this point, I, I think he's uh, you know he, he's proven to me at least he can play a, 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 a as a regular player uh, as a defenseman in the NHL, probably fifth or sixth uh, in that category, five, six, seven, and uh, you, the depth is there. So I mean, why not? I mean, if you've got a guy like that, plus the contract situation is pretty decent for him, and uh, and Sergey Gonchar really liked this kid when he was down there. And he played in. In Dallas, and uh, and uh, he's kind of taken one under his wing, and I think it's going to pay some dividends to him. Uh, the Penguins have been fortunate over the last few years to kind of pick up guys, and uh, I don't want to say reform them. That's not the word I want to use, but maybe just take a little different approach to it. And it's been successful for them, and it may be in this case, too, for Jamie Alexiak. Uh, now the Pens go out west, Mike. And those long trips have often been a turning point in a good way for the Penguins, and it's Cali, which at least is warmer than Western Canada, but uh, going out west with a four-game winning streak, the, that's the way to do it, I suppose. Well, you got, it's, uh, you got a little confidence going in, for sure. Uh, you know, Anaheim beat uh, Pittsburgh here in this uh, early part of the season. Uh, uh, Johnny Gibson shut them out, so they'll have a little uh, revenge factor, if you will, in the game of hockey coming up there. The Kings are a noted uh, stronghold uh, in Los Angeles and San Jose is always a tough game to play so they're not easy games they're going to be hard games to win but they'll come in with a pretty good attitude I would think and they're getting healthy and uh, those are those are strong points for them and I, I think we could I, I would venture to say this is probably the best they've played all year on a consistent basis but it's only four games you know that's that's the thing that's hard to measure is where they are uh, I mean, even I had a feeling last night, even that they were kind of got to revert back a little bit and give up the lead, and and they ended up doing that uh, against the Rangers, and it, it's just been that type of year for them. But 
what they've shown here is that that killer instinct when they get to a certain point now, and they were able to put them away last night. So those are those are things that's been that have been noted for the Penguins in their cup runs. And uh, right now they've kind of got that feeling, and you can just see it on the bench. I mean, it's the bench is there. I mean, it's just everything is is tight. It's coming. They're they're rolling the lines, and you can just see just the body language on the bench to me has been uh, very strong here of late. We had a bit of all-star game controversy with the Penguins, Mike. Uh, what's your take on who made it and who did not? Yeah, it's all predicated on the three-on-three, Mark. Really. I mean, to be fair, I mean, that's why it is. That's why Matang is there, and that's why others are going through the guys that have been selected. I mean, it doesn't take a genius, and you're a genius. A super genius. I mean, well, you're a super genius. I'm just a genius. Uh, but, I mean, really, that's it's all, it's all based on the three-on-three. Three. The coaches are... And people are selecting players or getting players. I mean, along the lines of what they want to do to compete three on three. First of all, you got to have an offensive defenseman back there, do you not? So that's the key key, uh, key ingredient, and and it kind of builds from there. So, you know, they had to leave people out, and uh, I, I, there's no question in my mind. Phil Kessel's an all-star this year. He's been the Penguins' most consistent player. He's been that good all season long, uh, but he'll not go to the All-Star game. And you remember. When he did go to the All-Star game, they picked the teams. They had teams that picked each other uh, down to the final, and he was the final guy that was selected. Oh, my God, you know, oh, that's the end of the world. Phil Kessel, <laughs> the last guy. What did he get out of that, Mark? Do you remember? I think he got a car, didn't he? He got a brand-new car. You're damn right. So maybe somebody <laughs> will bring him a car. <laughs> well, no, it, it's just funny, Mike, because I remember, and I know you do too, <laughs> when the All-Star game really meant a lot. Yeah. And I think, like in most sports, that's just kind of gone by the wayside. Yeah, I, I don't know if it, it meant a lot, but it, uh, you know, <laughs> the 13 to 12 games and, uh, yeah, nobody was going to get hurt. Let's put it that way. No, I mean, so, Mike, yeah. going more back to like the 70s and 80s when yeah. the guys didn't make very much. You got a good bonus yeah. if you won. You could win a car for MVP, stuff yeah. like that. No, that's true. That is, it is. It probably meant a little more and, uh, they're, uh, they're a little more desire to try to, try to be the best. And then, you know, the truth of the matter is, in a lot of those all-star games, they did get kind of competitive in the final five or seven minutes if the game was close, and uh, you can't stop people from competition. I mean, that's in their blood. Uh, so we saw some, some pretty good games. It is a different animal now, there's no question. And Three-on-three uh, three excites people. My biggest worry is if you got a goaltender in it, I mean, you're so susceptible to get hurt. I mean, the game, those situations where they're, you know, they're vulnerable. They really are. Uh, to having to make big saves and save after save and the shootout uh, stuff that they were doing. I don't know if they're going to do that this year as far as uh, the skills competition, but that's stuff on goaltenders. It's not easy. So that's my biggest fear is you don't want to get somebody injured uh, playing in an all-star game. Mikey, great stuff as always. It's a pleasure. We'll see you at the rink next week. Please excuse me for not using the word super. I, I, I lost my head. I know you were annoyed. No, Mike, Mike, come about on. Three you, years ago, you went from genius to super. Mike, so. you have carte blanche here. No problem at all. <laughs> I'll see you, genius. We'll see you next week. That's the great Mike Lang, much smarter than I am uh, by far. And Mike's brought to you by Coors Light. Enjoy $2, 22-ounce Coors Light drafts during all Penguins games at the Flats on Carson Street. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. If you're just tuning in, McCutcheon got traded to the Giants. The Steelers lost, you know that. Penguins are on a four-game winning streak. Mike and I just talked about that. So anything you'd like to chime in on, I think by far the Steelers being out already, not having won a playoff game, 
I think that's the big story. I don't think it's going to cause much change in the Steeler ranks. I think if you told the Steelers, the Rooney family, the administration, the coaches, they could go 13-3 and every year and lose in the divisional round, I honestly think they'd take that. Well, you know, maybe not to lose in the divisional round every year, but if you go 13-3 and every year, sometimes you're going to go on a playoff run. But not this team. Not this group of guys. This group of guys is mentally and emotionally unequipped to manufacture the focus and discipline needed to go on a playoff run. As good as Antonio Bryan and Le'Veon Bell are, and as great as Antonio Bryan specifically was yesterday, you don't win with guys like that. You know how I know? Because they haven't. 105.9 X. It's Abby on the X at 105.9. Most music in the morning. Weekday morning, 6 till 10. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Finishing his checks, causing a constant commotion. Hey, Mr. Madden, how you doing? Sometimes I'm so damn dumb, I wouldn't take a phone call from me. The X at 105.9. Your reaction to Steeler loss, I think that's the most prescient thing to talk about. In particular, some of the coaching decisions. I'll get to those in just a moment. We've been talking about them all day, but I'll revisit a little bit by way of generating good conversation. Uh, again, to reiterate, and this is my big message in the wake of the Steelers going 0-1. They didn't go 13-3 and or 13-4, and including the playoff game. They went 0-1. As I blog today on the Mark Madden page at the X website, their season in the wake of yesterday's defeat must now be written off as a total failure. And it won't get better because the culture won't change. If you want to tweak the culture, shoot a couple hostages, they should get rid of Mike Mitchell, Vince Williams, and Joey Porter. A lot of talk from those guys. Not enough production. Mitchell talked crap in the doorway of the Jacksonville locker room before the game yesterday, then went out there and was roadkill. Vince Williams, you know Vince, because he's a killer B. He's really that good. He was roadkill too. And Joey Porter's a mascot. He causes trouble, he makes scenes, and the guys he works with ain't getting better. And it's not been said enough that That famous story where Harrison fell asleep and snored during the position meeting. Joey Porter was in charge of that meeting, and he was too scared to say anything. What kind of coach is that? So your thoughts on any or all of that, 412-333-9939. It's a bit early to look at the draft and at free agency. But more than anything, the Steelers have to fix inside linebacker. They've got to replace Shazier, and they need somebody better than Vince Williams to play alongside him. A lot of things made that Steeler defense suck yesterday. I thought the only guy who had visibly a half-decent game was Joe Hayden, but lack of quality inside backer was a killer. Juju was invisible, had three catches for five yards, had a big fourth down drop. 
Uh, but those Jacksonville corners are so good. I bet being covered by somebody like a Ramsey or a Boye was culture shock for Juju. Uh, by the way, Snoop Dogg was pissed about the Steelers losing. Check out his Facebook. I will have some sound tomorrow. Uh, this segment brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Uh, let's go over those Steeler coaching decisions again. And let me make clear, Tomlin's not getting fired. No point talking about it. I would replace Haley because of his disconnect with Ben. And Butler, for me, keeping him shouldn't be written in stone because even though he did well with that defense for much of the year, after Shazier got hurt, the defense went way downhill, and he didn't seem to have a plan B. Not after Shazier got hurt, and not yesterday when things went very sour against Jacksonville. So I want your take on the fourth down calls. The fact that a quarterback sneak apparently is illegal in Allegheny County. I thought it was too early for an onside kick. I thought Bell should have been on the field for the Steelers' opening possession. And I thought when Tomlin won the toss, he should have taken the ball and got his best platoon on the field. Your thoughts on all that? Please do dial 412-333-WXDX. Let's go to Andy in Oakmont. Andy. You're on the Mark Madden Show. Double M, uh, you're exactly right about the coin toss. You should have took the ball very first, I think, back coaching from the get-go. But I wanted to ask you if you think that maybe Kevin Butler and Dick LeBeau's defensive philosophy is outdated because... Well, Kev- Butler didn't use, it's Keith Butler, and he didn't use LeBeau's defensive philosophy. LeBeau's a zone blitz type of guy. Butler definitely moved on from that. Let's go to Jimmy and Cranberry. Jimmy, you're on with Double M. You're on the air, Jimmy. Okay, Jimmy's phone blows. Goodbye. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Oh, I, I got to get this in there. Mike Mitchell, who runs his big fat yapper every chance he can, refused to talk to the media today. He'll shoot his big fat yapper off except when it's time to be accountable and take responsibility, then he shrinks just like his dingus in real cold water. Mike Mitchell needs to be on the next plane, automobile, train, or Greyhound bus out of Pittsburgh for good. 412-333-9939. Of course, we want your thoughts on the McCutcheon trade, but uh, all you're going to do is get mad. Or get me mad by saying it's the right thing to do. Let me know when trying to win is the right thing to do. Then I'll be interested again. Cutch to San Francisco. No word on exactly what yet is coming back. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to give you the most honest evaluation you will hear about the Steelers season. 105.9 X.